This message was presented at the GYC to the end in Houston, Texas. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. Okay. The last session, the most vital keys to long-term effective prayer ministry. And some of these we've mentioned already. You'll, you'll hear some repeat. But you know, it's good to repeat. I think we need to hear it and hear it again. So I'm not going to apologize for that. Um, because we have thick skulls and sometimes these things take a little while to, to sink in. Um, so we're going to go into the, the final session. Before I do, I want to make one more comment about um, United Prayer. We have this handbook, Praying for Rain, and all of that here. And by the way, um, we still have a box up here with packets. If, if, if any of you want to take some back for your friends or your church group or whatever, uh, they come in packets of 20. Um, you're welcome to do that um, until the box is empty. We have some more at our booth, the Revival and Reformation booth, which I shouldn't say on camera. <laughs> I have not been to this entire convention. We have other people running our, our um, Revival and Reformation booth so that we can do the seminars, and I haven't had time to go over there. So I don't, Jim and I are horrible. We were coming to, to, to help the booth and to do seminars and to lead prayer, and it's just like it just can't happen. It's too much stuff. Um, so anyway, but the Revival and Reformation booth, we do have some more resources, so feel free to come by and, and take those for tonight. I probably even have some more daring to ask for more there as well. But what I wanted to mention um, before I transition to the next seminar, when you look at the, the guidelines and the things that we have outlined in Praying for Rain, keep in mind this was um, begun as a way to help groups come together in unity to pray. Because oftentimes you find people, we have forgotten as a people what it means to worship God. We've forgotten what it means to praise him. We just go right into our request and our issues and our problems. We've forgotten to worship. And God does inhabit the praises of his people, as I said earlier. And so I think it's very important, and we see this biblically examples, if you look at scripture and some of the prayers that have been prayed in the Bible, how worship is a part. In fact, often worship is the beginning of the prayer. And how confession and public confession uh, is a part And before we ever get to the request. And so that's why we share these things. But I'm saying all that to say... Don't look at the United Prayer format that Jim has been leading over these last days here at GYC and say that's always how it needs to be done. And we are not going to do anything different than that. You need to do this, and then you need to do this, and you need to do that. And I've been on prayer calls where people do that, and it's actually, I feel like a little bit of a killer of the Spirit itself because we all know what's coming. Okay, now we need to do this. Okay. You know, and the heart's the heart is no longer there. They're still going through the form of, okay, God, we give you our our um praises. Okay, God, now we want to give you our confessions, but it's actually turned into a form, and that's not that's not the spirit of prayer. You know, and so Jim and I are always asking and praying when we're leading prayer services. Lord, show us how you want us to lead this. Help us to be open to what the Spirit has. And we, if you are with us very long, will see that we do not do the same thing all the time. A weekend here at GYC um, may be following a similar format because we're trying to model and share and get people on board with 
the whole concept of the importance of praise and the thanksgiving and worship and the importance of corporate confession. This is supposed to be part of it. And so that is why this is being modeled. But don't get stuck in a rut and go back to a prayer group and start a prayer group. It's okay. This is how we are supposed to pray. And we have it here. And we can show you biblically why this is the way we're supposed to pray. And this is what we're going to do. And you start doing that week after week. And it's going to turn into dry formalism. So the point is, follow as God leads, keeping in mind these biblical principles. Sometimes I'll be impressed, he'll be impressed, um, you know, that we just need to take some extra time for corporate confession. Sometimes we'll be impressed that we um, need to go right into supplication and we need to be praying for a specific thing um, that's happening or a specific situation going on or specific people um, we need to pray. Um, sometimes we'll be impressed. We're just going to take some, some time this prayer session. We're just going to praise God and, and praise him for the goodness and the things that he brings to, brings to your mind from this last week or different things um, going on. Um, so it's continually, and I can't tell you how to do it every time because it's the Holy Spirit that leads us. And I know it's amazing if, if you're in tune with the Holy Spirit and, and you're really seeking that he will lead you and it's beautiful. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I'm praying and I'm like, you know, thinking, okay, Lord, what song do you want us to sing as we go into the next session? And the Lord convicts me, sing such and such. And right then, someone starts singing that very song. And I'm like, oh, I got goosebumps. <laughs> wow. And I've had this happen so many times. I know this is not a random accident. It's not just like, oh, this, the Holy Spirit is truly leading. And I saw it just um, the morning when we were praying in, in the big group in the prayer room. I'm thinking, I'm about to pray such and such. And someone else prays that exact same prayer. Or someone else. And I'm like, yep, the Holy Spirit's all convicting us of the same thing here. You know, and so that's a beautiful, beautiful thing of how the Holy Spirit works. And so um, just, we can't say it, emphasize it enough, heart preparation, humility, on our knees before the Lord of the cross. If we are continually coming before his throne with humility of heart, He's going to lead us. And that fresh experience, it's going to be beautiful. And I praise the Lord um, for teammates that God's brought along the way and people working within ministry that you know you can trust because you know that they're being led by the Spirit. I have worked with people um, that are not quite on the same page, and that can be a killer because when situations come up, you can't trust how they're going to handle, how they're going to relate. But if someone is being led by the Spirit, you know whatever conflict or issue comes into the prayer time or whatever, you know the Holy Spirit is going to lead them. God is leading them. So that's what we want to be. That's the kind of leaders that we want to be. Um, so most vital keys to long-term effective prayer ministry. We're going to review a few things that we've already talked about and emphasize a couple more things. Um, but let's bow our heads for prayer one more time. Heavenly Father, we just thank you uh, for your blessing these last few days here together, the last couple days together, and just want to ask for your blessing on this session as well, this last um, session for the prayer ministries. Father, again, I ask that you would speak through me, that you would give me your words, 
and that you will give to our hearts what we need. You know, each of us have different needs in this room, but you know what we need, and you have a beautiful way of giving each one of us exactly what we need and what is for your glory and honor. So thank you, Father, for hearing this prayer in your precious name. Amen. So I'm going to talk about five, and we're going to go through this quickly, and we'll see how much time we have at the end, if we have time for (laughs) Q&A, or we might do something else, actually, we talked about um, to end this time. Uh, so let's let's go through this quickly so we can actually do that special thing we were talking about. That might be nice. The most vital keys, long-term effective prayer ministry, number one. Can you guess what it is? <laughs> Stay humble. How many times do we need to en- emphasize this? Recognize our constant spiritual need. We all like to be seen as a servant. We like to be seen, you know, as servants until we start getting treated like one. And then that changes. You know, and this really shows where we are. There's something beautiful that I'd love to share with you, and I have it here on paper, but you know, I don't think, Jim, I'm going to take the time to read it. It's called The Beauty of Humility, and it it contrasts proud, self-filled people versus humble, selfless people. Some of you may have heard me share this before. Um, but anyway, you can download it from guess where revival and reformation.org. Um, yeah, the website is in the booklet, the end of, of the praying for rain booklet. You'll, you'll see revival and reformation.org. And, um, you can find this looking under, um, okay. The very end page 46. So that's the website you have right there. But you can find this on our website a number of ways if you're looking for something for the Holy Spirit. If you're uh, actually looking under my name, you can find it as well if you search for authors. Um, like I said, on the website, you can look under topics, authors, titles, all different kinds of things. So this is something you want to download. There's also something else that you want to download. Um, and that is dying to self. And I'm not going to read this either. What does dying to self look like? And these are just heart challenges, really convicting heart challenges. Um, you can come up and look at them afterwards. I printed several of them, but not enough for everybody. Number two, key number two, we can do nothing apart from the Holy Spirit. Did you have something you were going to share here? Okay. Nothing apart from the Holy Spirit. I'm going to let Jim share. And this is uh, the most common thing that people will ask me. So, Jim, what is the secret? I said, the secret is prayer. <laughs> because in prayer, we are led to ask for the, for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And this is one thing that uh, somehow we are trapped into. When we talk about successful programming, we always lean on programs. And we ask people, what did you do? What was your program? What uh, what materials did you use? And friends, we forget. And sometimes we don't trust the Holy Spirit to lead us. And and have you noticed that uh, that programs become successful because people do not know what they're doing, and they're led to be on their knees, and they ask for the guidance of God. And when the success happens, sometimes we forget that it all began on our knees. Friends, it's only the Holy Spirit's leading 
that could lead us into success. And I've seen this happening, friends, in conferences after conferences that I went to. Especially, I've, I've witnessed the startup of, of like GYC in, in Asia, in different countries. And the first year is always very successful. You know why? Because they don't know what to do. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. They have some advice, but they say, oh, this is too much for us. And they'll be on their knees. I remember one, one country. We were there, prayer facilitators, Melody's friends and, and I, Irene and Arlene. We went to this, to this place, and they set up their, their youth conference. At 3.30 in the morning, we received a knock on our, on our hotel doors. Said, Jem, please help us. What's, ha- what's happening? Said, we felt so helpless. Can you pray with us officers? The officers were up at 3 a.m. And they want a prayer session at 4 because by 5 a.m. there's a prayer session for, for everybody. And you know what happened? The Holy Spirit was poured out during those, those youth conferences. Conversions that you will see happen in a big way the next year. You know what happened? They are so concerned about the programming And prayer was neglected. The officers got so tired of planning the whole night and meeting the whole night. And the next morning, they did not have the energy to wake up to pray. On the second day, I could see the conference going downhill. And I nudged the president. Hey, remember last year? Said, yes, Jem. Remind me, what's last year? Remember last year, you always pull me on the prayer room every time that there's a pastor who appeals? Jam, let's pray, let's pray. There's an appeal that's going on. Let's ask for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. said, you have not pulled me to the prayer room even once from the beginning of this, of this conference. And I said, if you want to salvage this prayer conference, uh, this, this youth conference, bring your people on their knees every morning. And that, that day, the next day, we were on our knees again at 4 a.m., <laughs> And you know what happened? The Lord's grace and mercy was shown. And the conference went up. Friends, let us remember, on the time of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit, before the Holy Spirit was poured out, remember when Jesus went to, to the Mount of Transfiguration when he brought Peter, James, and John, and the nine disciples were left? You know what happened? When there was this, this father who brought his, his demon-possessed child, and the nine of them who were commissioned to drive out demons could not even drive out demons. And when Jesus came down, just one word, and a demon went away. And what did Jesus say? This only comes by what? You know why prayer and fasting? Because the Holy Spirit was not present during that time. When you read in Desire of Ages, because of their envy, of their malice towards one another, because of their competition between one another, when Peter, James, and John were chosen, there was hatred and malice in their heart. And in that manner, the Holy Spirit was removed. There was no power. And when there's no power, there's no accomplishment. And what happened during the time of Pentecost? when they humbled themselves together, when they asked for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, friends, Peter, who was a coward, preached, and 3,000 got baptized during that day. Was it because of Peter? No. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the difference, and that is where we should focus our attention on. We have no power in us, in our planning, 
in, in everything, in our resources, in our influence, friends, nothing, even our ideas are worthless. As I read this morning, friends, I read it again. There is a necessity for the Lord himself to communicate his own ideas to the soul. Amen? God has his own idea that he wants to share with us. And that idea is given through the Holy Spirit. What a thought that instead of our poor earthly contracted ideas and plans, the Lord will communicate to us his own ideas, his own thought, noble, broad, far-reaching, always leading heavenward. My dear friends, don't settle for your own ideas. Ask for the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's why it is very important. This ministry is about the Holy Spirit. Do not take his role. So I think this is one thing that I want to share. I still have a lot of things to share, but we have a very, very limited time. And I like this, this quote here. It is the Spirit's power we need. This can do more for us in one minute that we can never accomplish by talking. <laughs> so friends, when things, when, when you notice this happening, when things are going downhill, grab one another, be on your knees, ask for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Okay, key number three, we must pray in faith. Pray in faith. You know, uh, I love this quote that comes from Steps to Christ. Why are the sons and daughters of God reluctant to pray when, what's it say? Prayer is the key in the hand of faith to unlock heaven's storehouse where are treasured the boundless resources of omnipotence. And we have a key here to illustrate. Prayer is the key in the hand of faith. Now just to hold that here for a second. You know, God's word, God's word gives us all these promises. He tells us in his word, if you abide in me and my ab- words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. His word tells us according to your faith, be it unto you. He tells us, ask and you shall receive. The things that are impossible with men are possible with me. You don't have because you don't ask. Ask and you shall receive. Don't give up. God doesn't lie. He's able to do much more than we ask. So let's talk about this key for a moment. God has given us this key, prayer. And prayer, of course, has to be founded upon the word of God. Um, We don't just pray um, our own, um, you know, when we're praying, we need to base our prayers is, is my point. We need to brace our prayers upon the will of God. We can pray confidently and in faith when we know that we're praying according to the word of God and according to the will of God. So prayer is based on the word of God. Faith is founded on the word of God. You don't have faith. Romans ten seventeen says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Uh, so, um, we have to increase our faith by getting into the word. But God has given us this key. Now, if we just put this key into the lock, is the door going to open? What needs to happen? We have to turn the key. Exactly. We have to turn the key. And what turns the key? Faith. You saw that back there? Prayer is the key 
in the hand of faith. So God has given us the key. He has given us the key. And faith is what turns the key. You know, um, oftentimes I'm afraid we use prayer just like we have those extra keys we carry around on our key ring. And we take them with us, hang them up when we get home. Every now and then I need that key. But prayer is not just to be one of those extra keys. Nor is it to be the key that we turn when we're in an emergency. It's not a magic key. It's not the key for the genie in the sky that gives us what we need when we want it, right? Prayer is the key to staying alive. And it's the only key to successful and effective ministry. If we are not on our knees, if we are not pleading um, with God for what he and he alone can do through the power of the Holy Spirit, there's not going to be long-term effect. And I'm proof of that. I look at my earlier life, as a, my earlier young adulthood, and um, I still think I'm a young adult, even though GYC says I'm not. <laughs> That's so irritating. <laughs> I remember the year I passed that mark and I was like, I'm not going to go to GIC anymore. I have to pay extra to go now. <laughs> anyway, I'm far beyond that now. But anyway, but I feel like I wasted the first part of my adulthood because I did not understand. For one, my need of dependence, my dependence upon God. I thought I was doing pretty good. Um, pretty successful and accomplished and talented and doing this and doing that. But it was in my own strength. And I look back on those early years, as I've told you already in my testimony, and I don't see fruit. It did not come. It did not begin to come until that breaking and recognizing. And now it's, it's like an adventure. It's a crazy adventure. And I praise the Lord. But, man, every time, everything we go into is just like, Lord, what are we doing? How are we going to do this? I mean, even coming to the seminar here at GYC. <laughs> It's been crazy. Jim and I, of course, haven't been together since October. And here we're supposed to do a seminar together. And we have all these thoughts to share, but we need to get them organized. So needless to say, I haven't been sleeping much at night. And he hasn't been either because he's been leading prayer time. So it's only by the grace of God. And I praise him for that. I will be glad when today's over with him. (laughs) Okay. So praying in faith, praying according to the word of God, just believe and praise God and go forward. We are almost home. Bear your whole weight on the promises of God. Believe. It's your privilege to believe. I love this quote. Um, so praying according. Did somebody want to get that, that, yeah, that, uh, quote? Okay. You know, these are some of the quotes that I talk about. Um, some of them that I have put together and I had, all my, all my quotes. Um, let's see here if we can find some illustrations. I don't, I don't know if you can see, but basically my pages were, were falling apart of, of stuff that I had. And so I ended up putting it in a binder and making photocopies. And so now I, I carry around some copies, but I just have these quotes that I've put together on prayer and from the Bible and promises on prayer that I just claim. And these quotes that I keep bringing up are, these promises, and it's just beautiful. So praying uh, in faith, praying the word. And this is, um, I have one more point after this, but this is what I really, really, really want to emphasize. This has revolutionized my prayer life. Seriously, praying the word of God. You know, if we pray the word of God, we have 
a guarantee. And here is um, my notebook with binder with some of the promises and the prayer request as God answered them. I, I began to put those in the, in the jar. My journey upon the promises. It's just been an amazing faith changing venture for me. Why pray based on God's word? His word is settled in heaven. His word does not return unto him void. His word tells us his will. So we are praying for something and maybe it's for, um, you know, somebody to be saved or, um, let's, let's just say for somebody to be saved. Now, obviously God is not going to force anyone to be saved, but you know, when we pray, the Holy Spirit is able to work upon their lives and hearts in ways that they, it would not otherwise work. Our prayers actually press back the evil forces that are holding people captive. You know, like the girl shared, um, she saw those evil angels trying to break into the prayer circle and to stop the people from praying. But as they were praying, there were angels of light that they were there protecting them. And so when we are praying, God is able to send in those angels that release from the darkness and break the bands and give the impressions that will bring people to the truth. And that's why he's not going to force, but he's going to do everything in his power. And so when you're praying for a loved one, um, don't give up. As long as there's breath, there's hope. We keep praying and, and claim the promises. Look up all the promises in God's word um, to pray over your loved ones. And God's going to answer. I, I thank him for those promises. And I often claim those promises like we prayed this morning when we had the beautiful prayer time. You know, for those that didn't know that they needed life, someone was praying. It was the faith of someone um, that asked Jesus to work. God cannot lie, Numbers twenty three nineteen. He's not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? God will not lie. He will not go back on his word. Here's another one I love. And I actually, I like to do creative things. Um, I actually made this whole list of promises. It's, I don't know if it's 10, 15 pages. But it's basically enough for one promise per week for the whole year. Like 52 promises or something like that. I made all these promises and I called them leaves of blessing. I made all these promises on these slips of paper, and then I cut them up and folded them in a jar and gave them to people as Christmas gifts. And I still hear from people that are opening those promises and said, Melody, you know what I pulled out today? It was just what I needed. Leaves of blessing. Those leaves of blessing, that list, it's all on guess where? (laughs) Revivalandreformation.org. You know, God brings these things to mind, and these are things I say, why do I need to keep it to myself? Why don't I share it? And so many people are using these. So I've made a, a, it's a whole paper, and maybe you don't want to print it up to give it away. Maybe you just want to print it up so you have it for yourself, and you can do that for yourself. You can just keep the sheets in a binder if you want, all these different promises, or if you want to take time, you can cut it up and put it in a jar, probably (laughs) fold it up. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Green paper. That's right. Grasp his promises as leaves from the tree of life. God stands back of every promise he has made with your Bible in your hands. I, and, and I do this too. I'll um, be in my room or out walking or wherever. I have been out like this. And I'm like, Lord, you say such and such. Right here, you say. And I'm claiming your word, Lord. 
You have to honor your word. You say, so your word will not return unto you void. This is a promise that I know I can claim, and I'm claiming this, Lord. And so I will walk sometimes. I know this sounds really strange. It's not like I'm Ellen White or something like that. But um, I will sometimes be out, you know, just with God, just on my own private devotional walk, and I will have my Bible, and I will be claiming those promises. Tears coming down my face. This is not for anybody. This is me and God. And God has answered those prayers. And it's beautiful to see how he answers when we claim his word. So, wow. If there's a second thing, I would say the first is humility and humbling ourselves and recognizing our need. But if there's only two things you took away, say the word of God. Pray the word of God. This has changed my life. Praying the word of God. Hold his word in your hands. He stands back of every promise he said. Ask and, and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Here's one more from Christ Object Lessons. The honor of his throne is staked for the fulfillment of his word. Now, I'm just sharing a few uh, a few quotes from Spirit of Prophecy that I love, but I, I have um, all these Bible verses um, as, as well um, about claiming the word and holding on to him. This is one of my favorite Verses is Ephesians 3.20, now unto him that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. And this verse really came to life to me, you know, as I was coming out of my depression experience, breaking experience a number of years ago and thinking, Lord, I don't want to go back to mediocre Christianity. I want a deeper walk. I don't know what that looks like, but it ain't what I've seen so far. I want more. You say in your word that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think. God, I don't know what to ask. I don't even know what to pray for. But would you do that in my life? Would you show me what to pray? And so God began pressing upon my heart my own need for deeper revival and reformation and to understand the cross and to be broken at the cross. And so I began praying these things. And then, of course, as he's reviving my heart, I'm beginning to pray for my community and uh, for my loved ones within the community. And, you know, of course, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist, um, but I have many friends in the community of other denominations. And sometimes there's these walls and these petitions that are not good. And so I'm praying, Lord, break down the walls between us. And I saw God begin to do that and to begin to bring healing in our community and situations. And this is kind of a long story and I'm not going to go all there, but I'm praying these things. And then I began praying in my heart, Lord, you know, I want to see deeper revival and reformation, not just in my life, but in our church. And I am praying and praying and God is laying these things on our hearts to pray for. And when he gives us vision to pray for these things, you know, it's not yourself, right? This is something, as Jim was talking about, the Holy Spirit is leading and praying. And so it's just been so exciting to see um, how he stretches us and how he leads us, and oftentimes outside of our comfort zone. But he says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think. So I think if he's able to do that, why am I just asking for what I can think, for what I think, for melody, um, size vision. You know, we need to be asking for God's vision. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to share here. Dare to ask for more. This is something that's, um, in the process of praying God's word, you know, for a while. Okay. This is what I did. Let me, um, go forward. I'll come back to this. Oh yeah. Okay. So for a while I was writing down my prayer request on these cards 
And this is what I'm going to show you right here is these prayer and promises. And um, I, I would put my prayer request on one side of the card, and then I would put a promise on another side of the card. And let's see here. Jim, maybe you can come help me because I can't hold this mic and hold my glasses and figure out what I need to show you all at the same time. Um, but I'll just give you some illustrations here. Uh, let's see here. Let me get to this next section. I've put together these cards specifically um, to teach people how to pray the word of God. So I did this personally, and then I put together these cards. And so I'll give you some illustrations here. I praise you, Lord, that you have power to bring new life to dead bones. Please rescue me from any spiritual complacency. Give me a passion to know you and to live for you with joy. So this is something that I'm praying. So what promise can I claim for this? This is what I claim. Ezekiel 37, 5. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. Now I'm praying, bring new life to my dead bones, Lord. I'm dry. I need you to revive and refresh and give me a deeper walk with you. So this is something I pray. Let me give you another illustration. I praise you, Lord, that you can give me a new heart, a heart that loves you and loves the things of heaven and turns away from the allurements of the world. I can't change my heart, but you promise to do this work. What promise do I claim? Ezekiel 36, 26. A new heart will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh. He says, I will change your heart. Here's another one. Um, a long... The same lines. Maybe I skipped it here. Um, it's Jeremiah 24, 7. And I will give them a heart to know me that I'm the Lord and they shall be my people and I will be their God for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. Lord, you say you will do this and this is what I'm pleading for. That you'll give me a heart for you because you know what? I don't have a heart for you naturally. I don't. I'm dry. You need to give me a heart for you. And so I'm claiming this. Um, Lord, I thank you for awakening me early to spend time with you each morning. The devil wants to keep me asleep, but you promised to help me cast off this blanket of lethargy so I can move forward with power. You know that lethargy that's upon us when we get up in the morning and we just can't think. <laughs> and it's just like you can't wake up in the morning. And I think the devil knows. But you know something that I have found? When I commit to give my morning to God and I say, God... You wake me up in the morning when you want me to get up. If I will get up when he wants me to get up, I will be fresh or much more fresh than if I said, no, snooze, I'm not ready to get up yet. And then I'll get up an hour or two later and I'm just like so groggy. I'm like, you know, it's like I didn't get any extra sleep. It's horrible. Uh, We're told he wakeneth me morning by morning. Is that a promise we can claim? Isaiah 50, verse 4. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Um, oh, I just have a whole bunch of these, but I just wanted to share a few as illustration. Um, let's see here. Talking about breaches in, in our lives. We need God to heal us from our breaches. Lord, put the spotlight of your word upon my heart. Show me the specific ways that I've dishonored you, the people I've wounded, the sins I need to confess. Heal me and lead me in your way everlasting. And he tells us, 
Psalm 139:23 and 24, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He gives us. And then here I'm praying, Lord, heal me, heal me of my wounds. Jeremiah 30, 17, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Is that a promise we can claim? Whatever wounds you have in your heart, here's the promise right here you can claim. He will heal you. Um, I want to share a promise about praying for children. Um, we, have, we have prayed for that this morning, and I want to share. Of course, you know Isaiah forty nine twenty five. You know I'll contend with him that contendeth with thee. But let's look at another one. I praise you, Lord, that you have promised to save the children of the needy. We are in great need, Father. The enemy wants to claim our children, but we are looking for you to break the power of the oppressor. Psalm 72, 4, he shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy and shall break in pieces the oppressor. That's a promise we can claim. And here's one more. I praise you, Lord, that you've promised to bring my children back from the land of the enemy. You've promised to bring them home. I cling to this promise and I'm waiting for you to work. And I claim these promises not on behalf of um, biological children, obviously, but on behalf of spiritual children. So we can claim these as well. Um, Jeremiah thirty-one sixteen and 17. Thus saith the Lord, refrain thy voice from weeping and thine eyes from tears, for thy work shall be rewarded, saith the Lord. And they shall come again from the land of the enemy, and there is hope in thine end, saith the Lord, that thy children shall come again to their own border. So these are promises that we can claim. And I have put together um, a whole collection of them, and you're welcome to come up afterwards and look at the cards if you want to. But these were specifically put together to teach people how to pray the Word of God, how to claim the Word of God. And if you want these cards... They're available. <laughs> you can download them on revivalandreformation.org. Again, this is this is my life, you know. So it's not I'm just I'm not just trying to promote revival and reformation, but this is our greatest need as a church. And I just I just praise the Lord that um, I get to work with this ministry because it's like a dream for me. I would be doing this even if they didn't pay me. I just love. You know, it's interesting. One of the prayers that I prayed as God was bringing me out of that darkness and depression and giving me a new life and heart with him, and and he started reviving my heart. I was like, Lord, use me somehow to help our church. I had no comprehensible idea, of course, that I would be doing what I'm doing now. But I look back on earlier prayers that I prayed. I prayed specifically, use me to be part of Revival and Reformation for our church. And I'm working for the Revival and Reformation Committee at the General Conference. And I'm like, wow, I would have never imagined. I didn't even realize as, as time went on that I had prayed that, ex- that specific prayer until I went back and looked at older prayers I prayed. And it's just like, wow. The Holy Spirit. Yeah, indicted those prayers, yeah. Anyway, these are resources that we are sharing um, that I do. But I want to back up a second. I skipped over something here. And that is, so I showed you the prayer cards. Okay, something that I have done um, with the beauty of technology, you can download these um, flashcard programs on your phone um, that you can memorize Bible verses. 
um, on the flashcards. You can put prayer. So this I have started doing on my phone now. And these are some of the earlier cards that I did. And this is what most of my prayer cards look like now. Um, on one side, and I would show you on the phone, you just tap on one side the prayer request, and you tap, and it flips over, and the other side is the, is the promises. So I just make these all on my phone. So I can, you know, in the night, I can turn it on, and I don't need a flashlight to look at the cards. My phone is glowing in the dark. I have it all right there. Um, and, and so I still use these promise cards, but I have them all on my phone. Now, unfortunately, what I have on my phone, I haven't figured out how to share it with everyone else. So this is just my own personal. But you can make your own cards. Um, the the app that I use is created through NKO Ventures. Um, and it's um, it's probably an Apple. I don't know if it's accessible on Android. But flashcard apps, look for something like this. It's probably out there. So this is what I do um, with praying um, the promises. I always start with praise. Um, this is just something God's brought me in my own life. When I pray, I really try to phrase and think my prayers in forms of praise. Lord, I praise you that you're going to do this. I praise you that you're going to give me victory in this area. I praise you that you are. So I'm expressing confidence in him before the prayer has been answered. So all my prayers are um, in forms of praise. And then on the back side, you see... Um, you see some of those promises there. And so it's just, it's just beautiful. Fight on our knees with the word of God. If we are determined not to be separated from the source of our strength, Jesus will be just as determined to be at our right hand to help us. So there's the praying the promise cards. I want to encourage you to make your own promise list. Um, what was what? 424. Um, on the, that template that you can download with this promise cards, I actually have a, um, a blank sheet as well with the boxes and squares. So you can print it up and you can by hand write your own promise prayers or you can type it out yourself. So there's blanks as well. But I encourage you, we have to make our own promises. What is most meaningful to us is the ones that God has brought to us. So make your own prayer and promise list. What time is it now, by the way? And it's supposed to stop at 445? (laughs) I'm not very great at keeping time, am I? I'm not. Okay. Number five, this is the last key, and um, Jim and I wanted to have a little special time for prayer, and so what I'll probably do is finish this section, and those of you that would like to stay um, for another 15 or 20 minutes of prayer um, can stay for that, and other people feel free to go. Obedience to God's word. So we've been walking through this process of humility and staying humble at the foot of the cross, recognizing our need of the Holy Spirit, recognizing our need of faith. These are all, the whole title of the seminar is um, Keys for Long-Term Effective Prayer Ministry. Um, praying the word of God. But you know what? This also has to be part of it, and that is obedience to the word of God. Because as God is teaching us and convicting us of things, we have to act on that conviction. And so that means our life is going to look different. It means our relationships are going to look different. It's going to mean our attitude is going to look different. 
um, from the thoughts from the Mount of Blessings. We're told obedience is the test of discipleship. It's the keeping of the commandments that proves the sincerity of our profession of love. When the doctrine we accept kills sin in the heart, purifies the soul from defilement, bears fruit unto holiness, we may know that it is the truth of God. Those who do his will may claim all the benefits the Lord's promise. The path of obedience is the path in which our safety lies. For it is a willing and obedient that shall eat of the <laughs> good of the land. Sorry about that typo there. <laughs> well, you just saw good. <laughs> good of the land. If we keep the commandments of the Lord, we may claim his recorded promises in all their fullness. I don't know what time of day that I wrote this, but... <laughs> Well, maybe it's your room. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, you know, we have to say, Lord, I'm asking you to change me and make me willing to follow. We also have to recognize as we follow God and we give our lives to him, and I love that promise, you know, if we abide in him and he abides in us, we shall ask what we will and it shall be done unto us. That's a promise that God made. But I also want to give this caveat and remind you, and you hear this in my testimony, growing above and beyond faith even when God is silent. It's a very part of, important part of my testimony that I've not shared here at this GYC, but it's on Audioverse. You can, you can look at it. And that is trusting God even when he's silent, even when it doesn't make sense. Think about what happened to Job. He was faithful to God, and he walked through a period of time where it did not make sense. Why did God allow this to happen? So we are also going to walk through those periods of time for our own sanctification, for, for just because of the fact that we live in a battlefield called the earth and we suffer the casualties of war. And so something that I always want to share as I'm ending is we have to be able to say, Lord, I trust you and I trust your word and I'm standing upon your word. Like Daniel's three friends, you know, the fiery furnace was before them. And Nebuchadnezzar was like, you know, you're going to bow down and you're going to go in that fiery furnace. And they said, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down. And that has to be the point of faith that we come to in our own walk with God. God is good. I trust him. I don't understand why he's allowed different things to happen in my life. I don't understand why this. You know, we see all these things happening around us. Loved ones dying from cancer. This happens, this and that and whatever, these people. But then it happens to us. And we're like, why me? God, why us? How could this happen to us? But we need to be asking, well, why not us? Why are we exempt from the pain and the trials and the suffering of life. Why shouldn't these things happen to us in a fallen world? He says that we're going to experience tribulation. So why not us? So rather than shaking our faith or taking our faith from us, those things should drive us to the cross. Lord, I trust that you are able. I trust that you're able to heal my mother, who currently has stage 4 lung cancer and could die even if you don't heal her, I am still going to believe. And so that's the point that we have to come to uh, in each of our journey. I know we each have those struggles and those things um, in our walk. So will we take God at his word? Will we walk in faith? Um, Hudson Taylor makes this 
this quote. I love this. We've heard of many people who trusted God too little, but you have you ever heard of anyone who trusted him too much? Yeah. God wants to grow our faith. So I hope, um, somebody's still wanting to get that quote. I hope that you have been inspired, um, not just with some practical keys, but most of all to really um, trust God and to stay humble at the foot of the of the cross. Prove me. See if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. So what Jim and I wanted to do for close, I'm going to have a, a prayer and I'm going to close the session. And then um, those, anybody um, that wants to come and get some of these books that we still have, go ahead and come do that. Um, we'll let you come do that. And We'll, we'll take a couple minutes just to kind of let things settle down. And then we're going to take a few minutes, maybe 15 or 20 minutes up here for those that want to pray. We're going to take a little time just to pray the word of God. We've been talking about claiming the promises. We're not going to go through the whole united prayer format, but we're just going to take a few moments to just claim the promises and pray the word of God um, for us as we're preparing to leave GYC. Okay, so let's just bow our heads for prayer. and This session will be closed. And then anybody that wants to stay for the prayer time, just come up here and join us up front. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, again, for your goodness, your mercy, your long-suffering patience with us. And I just want to thank you, Lord, for your word, the solid foundation that we can stand upon in the shaking times in which we live. We just praise you, Father, for your word. You are so good. Father, forgive us for, for doubting your word, for neglecting your word, for not being into your word. Father, forgive us for our unbelief. Help our unbelief, Father. Make us more like you. Give us hearts of faith. Get us into your word. And whatever happens, Father, we pray that you will keep us at the foot of your cross. At the foot of your cross, we pray. May you be glorified in our lives. Thank you, Father, for hearing this prayer. In your precious name, amen. This message was recorded at the GYC to the end in Houston, Texas. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org.